0: This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. City Commissioner and Labor Leader Eric Fever has died. The sudden death of Eric Fever, a longtime state employee union leader, current Helena City Commissioner, and a driving force behind state politics for years, was announced Thursday. Fever died Wednesday, officials said. He was 77. Fever's death was announced at Thursday's hometown Helena meeting, a grassroots group which Fever frequently attended. Former Helena Mayor Jim Smith, who emceed the meeting, was saddened by the news, saying he had just attended a ribbon-cutting with Fever. Quote, Eric was a legend at the Capitol, and not just in his own mind, he said, sparking laughter from the audience. He was a giant of the lobby and made a difference here in Montana. From 1984 till 2020, Fever was president of the MEA, MEA MFT, and finally the Montana Federation of Public Employees, which represents 23,000 professional and classified employees working in public schools, the university system, Head Start, state and local governments, and private health care. Fever taught English and social studies in the Helena Public Schools from 1974 to 1984. He earned his bachelor's in government history and economics from the University of Oklahoma in 1967, a master's in American history from the University of Maryland in 1972, and an honorary doctorate of education from Montana State University in 1999. Although he was a conscientious objector, Fever served as a combat medic with the U.S. Army's 3rd Brigade, 4th Infantry Division during the Vietnam War from 1969 to 1970. A father and son who operated a Helena Valley quarter horse breeding operation were sentenced Wednesday for felony aggravated animal cruelty and ordered to pay the county Over $323,000 in restitution for caring for 58 horses taken from their property more than a year ago. The three hour sentencing hearing for Robert and Alan Erickson sometimes turned caustic. It was before Lewis and Clark County District Judge Kathy Seeley. The two received a six year sentence in which the Ericksons could not own or care for horses. The horses removed from their property will not be returned and will be given new homes, and there would not be any early release from the six-year deferred sentence. The Erickson's ran a quarter-horse breeding operation that was raided by the Lewis and Clark County Sheriff's Office on June 1st of 2021. Nearly 60 horses were seized by sheriff's deputies, a U.S. Forest Service ranger, and a Department of Livestock employee, They were relocated to the Lewis and Clark County Fairgrounds. Veterinarians determined many of the horses showed signs of neglect. Horses were found with lacerations, hernias, lower back injuries, cracked hooves, and extensive matting. One of the horses had to be euthanized as a result of the neglect. Equine Veterinarian Jamie Clark, who had cared for the horses on behalf of the county, described some of the horses as being geriatric, unlikely to be useful in any capacity besides a pasture ornament that can be petted and loved. Lewis and Clark Deputy County Attorney Fallon Stanton was pleased with the judge's decision. Robert Erickson's attorney, Carl Jensen, said his client's plan to appeal. After 14 months of study, state lawmakers still can't agree on how to regulate facial recognition technology. At an Economic Interim Affairs Committee meeting, a draft of a bill was proposed to the committee that would put significant safeguards on how agencies in the state, say the Department of Justice, can use the technology. While members disagreed on the specifics, the group's consensus was that something needs to be done. The proposed bill deals solely with government use of facial recognition technology, with a focus on law enforcement. Under the proposal, state and local governments could only use the technology with a warrant or a court order to investigate serious crimes or missing or endangered persons. The law would prevent police from using a facial recognition system to establish probable cause in a criminal investigation. It would also require agencies looking to use the technology to notify the legislature of their intent and for the agencies using the technology to permanently delete the data after it's used. The bill would not ban private companies like the controversial Clearview AI, which maintains facial recognition databases from operating in Montana. Clearview AI compiles biometric data from public databases, such as newspapers and social media sites. It has been banned in Australia and Canada. The technology is essentially unregulated in Montana and on the federal level. Currently, the technology is used in Montana for things like unemployment fraud protection at the Department of Labor and Industry and some criminal investigations by the State Department of Justice. E.J. Redding, a lobbyist for Clearview AI, told the committee that the company supports limits on the technology but does not want to limit law enforcement too much. Facial recognition technology, he said, quote, is improving every day. And the last thing that we would like to see is tying the hands of law enforcement to use an emerging technology at a time when there's more crime, more opportunities, more need for investigatory tools to put the bad guys away. Committee Chairman Senator Ken Bogner, the Republican from Miles City, said that something must be done so the committee can present something to the next legislative session. Senator Jason Ellsworth, a Republican from Hamilton, agreed there should be stricter measures than what the bill is proposing, but reiterated Wagner's point that something needs to be done. Leslie Corboli, a privacy policy analyst at the Libertas Institute, said concerns regarding the technology are justified, quote, The use of facial recognition by government entities is controversial. To guard against government abuse of facial recognition technology, we need legislative guidelines. Corbley said those guidelines should focus on the warrant process rather than specific technologies. Even though innovation moves faster than the ability to legislate, the process remains unchanged. The next step for the committee... We'll be hearing feedback on the bill proposed from state agencies. The committee has until September to vote on the proposal. The state of Montana is asking for help from the Federal Emergency Management Agency for individuals facing substantial losses from the flooding that devastated parts of south-central Montana. The request from Governor Greg Gianforte said that a preliminary evaluation shows there were 23 majorly damaged or destroyed residences in Carbon County, 53 in Park, and 39 in Stillwell County. The letter estimates 115 primary residents were either majorly damaged or destroyed, quote, with some completely washed away, according to preliminary data. Most people, even those living in floodplains, don't have flood insurance because of its expense. Normal household insurance and renter policies do not cover damage from flooding. In the flooding that hit Montana last week, homes that were damaged were also outside the areas that are normally expected to flood. Flooding across the region last week has resulted in the landfill in Billings seeing more traffic and material. As the rivers receded last week, many of the homes, roads, and structures became waste. That means the Billings landfill is seeing much of the overflow. Quote, we've gotten roughly 40 tons of it so far. It's really early in the game for something like this when this happens. That's Kyle Foreman, the solid waste superintendent in Billings. Quote, I suspect here, probably by the end of the week, we should start to see a lot of the hauling activity pick up. With the uptick in waste, Foreman suggests utilizing gravel and dirt to help rebuild roads instead of bringing them to the dump. Quote, stuff like drywall, insulation, and furniture needs to come here, absolutely. Dirt and gravel are hard on the machinery, and can be put to better use, he added. Montana will be getting an additional $3 million in Federal Highway Administration emergency funding to help repair roads and highways damaged by the flooding. The funding will be covering the cost of repaving and reconstructing federal aid highways impacted by the damage. That's according to a release from Senators John Tester and Steve Daines and congressman matt rosendale montana fish wildlife and parks and stillwater county officials are reopening some of the closed sections of the yellowstone river on thursday several fwp sites along the river are closed or have restricted access while crews assess and repair those sites FWP is actively assessing local impacts at sites along the Yellowstone River and its tributaries and will reopen or remove restrictions as soon as conditions are safe. Visitors can find the latest information on the FWP website. In Stillwater County, closures, however, are still in place for the Stillwater River. Republican Congressional candidate Ryan Zinke remains a consultant for a gold exploration company, but has dropped his work for several other private firms according to a disclosure form filed on Tuesday. The former congressman's latest financial disclosure reported income of between $370,000 and $486,000 so far this year most of which comes from consulting work and rental income. Zinke has continued to work for U.S. Gold Corporation this year, according to the report. The firm calls itself a U.S.-focused gold exploration and development company active in Wyoming, Nevada, and Idaho. He's being paid $68,000 a year for that work. Zinke's opponents have cited his family's out-of-state properties to claim he isn't actually a Montana resident. The whitefish native has maintained that his primary residence remains in whitefish, despite his wife claiming California residency for tax purposes. The Chippewa Cree tribe has harvested its first bison in decades. Members of the Rocky Boy Buffalo Project Board used a firearm to harvest the bison. The Buffalo Project, which manages the tribe's herd, donated 80 pounds of bison meat to the upcoming youth powwow and the remaining 380 pounds to the tribe's food bank. Quote, we're just elated. That's Jason Belcourt, the tribe's sustainability coordinator. We wanted to give this buffalo back to the community, and what better way to do it? Bison haven't roamed the Rocky Boy Reservation In over 20 years, Native Americans used bison for food, shelter, clothing, and ceremony, but in the 1800s, white settlers killed millions of bison, hoping to devastate Native communities that relied on them. Belcourt says the Rocky Boy Buffalo Project has big plans. In three years, they hope to grow the herd to 30 head, and in 10 or 15 years, they hope to have 150. If you want to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRTDB db webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide with listeners in 46 U.S. states and Canadian provinces in 24 countries on six continents. We also post our stories on Facebook. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH, FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation, PIVA Radio of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and Crow Res Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.